Hello, and welcome to another episode of Money and Mocha with the Good Life Money Coaches. My name is Alyssa Johnston. I'm Brita Miller. And I am Latrice Hopkins. So for everyone listening, it's the first week of December. We are getting ready to head into the holiday season and all kinds of yummy goodies and food and festivities. So we thought we would spend some time today talking about all things food and weight loss management, uh, things that we've tried, our own personal journeys, and any parallels that we've seen between managing our food intake and managing our money. And Rita, you were mentioning that you'd read some really interesting things over the weekend. Have anything to share? Um, there's a lot to share. Um, I think we could do probably 10 episodes on this. There's just <laughs> so much when it comes to our American culture and food and the amount we spend at the grocery store or Costco, um, my favorite place to spend hundreds of dollars. Um, I think first though, so I did read some insights that were really interesting about the relationship of what we buy and the money management part and how we can actually save some money in eating healthy, but then also effects of our choices on the environment, um, which is also kind of a hot topic right now. But I'll get to that a little later, but I think I'd like to share kind of where each of us are at and what we may or may not have tried in the past. You know, for some people, um, the weight issue isn't an issue for them. Um, I greatly admire anybody in that position that, nope, I've been able to maintain my weight just fine and don't really have a bad relationship with food. Wow, go you, <laughs> because I don't really even understand what that would look like. Um, I know for me, food and weight has just been a roller coaster, you know, that cliche roller coaster weight loss and weight gain my entire life starting at a very, very young age and continuing up until right now. Um, and that journey is still not over. And I've tried, I can't wait to hear some of the things maybe you guys have done, but I've tried a bunch of things, uh, typical Weight Watchers in the past. Uh, and uh, over the last couple of years, very successfully using Noom. That's been very popular as an app and very cool. And I've been uh, also used uh, intermittent fasting. I think we've talked about that before on some other things that we've done. And all of them have been incredibly successful. What has not been successful is keeping the weight off. Anybody else can relate to that? Oh, absolutely. I'm sure there's going to be quite a bit of overlap in our stories. <laughs> 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 I too am on the weight loss roller coaster. I've been more at the peak than the valley. <laughs> um, my journey, um, I would say my journey started more after having uh, my first child. Um, and a lot of times we like to hang on to, well, that's just baby weight. Well, she's 15. So that's <laughs> exactly, <laughs> that's no longer it. Growing up, I was, um, as skinny as a, a a rail, and I never thought food management would be a concern of mine. Um, so again, after having, or maybe right before that, I would probably equate it to more after getting married, and you know things changed. That I was an athlete um, back then, so I was very active. Um, things start to slow down as life started to 
take on other responsibilities and I never had food as a, a thing that was top of the mind because growing up, I never had to control um, anything about it. But at the same time, it also introduced the aspect of stress, um, um, the stress eating um, as a substitute for dealing with either emotions or conflict, et cetera, et cetera. So um, it's it's all encompassing and it's it's still a, a journey. It's still a challenge. It's still a battle. And but something that I intend to conquer. So hmm. read it, read it, read it. And Latrice, neither one of you are finished yet. You're just like, I'm keeping at it. Absolutely. I, I know I was an active kid. I remember ballet, field hockey, tennis, running. And then that major life change happened when you leave school. I left school and then I, I went out and I got a job and life was just so different. Yes. And then married and then work and then stress. So if I had to sum up my weight loss and weight management journey uh, with a picture, I would just tell everybody listening to picture a yo-yo. I am so tired of the ups and downs. And right now I'm like at a sustained up. Yeah, same. <laughs> sustained. <laughs> <a great> expression. <laughs> yeah. And it's just exhausting. Mm-hmm. I, I think... I think more about my food, food management, weight and weight management than I do about money. And I'm a financial coach and I love thinking about money. Why Mm -hmm. is it so hard with food? And I've I've lost, Rita, like you said, I've done really good losing weight over the years. I hired a trainer before I got married because we got married on St. Thomas. I wanted to look back and always see the pictures and feel proud. Mm -hmm. And I wanted to feel good in my wedding dress. I wanted to feel confident on my wedding day. I hired a trainer whose shoulders went from door frame to door frame. (laughs) (laughs) And he worked me out so hard after the first like five minutes of our warm up, I was ready to puke. I, and I got great results. I dropped the weight. I I hadn't been that weight since probably high school graduation. And I got married. (laughs) Everything changed, right? Yes. And it all came back. So Yes, Rita, to your point, I like Noom too. I love the psychology of it, all of the psychological tips. The trick is being consistent, showing up every day inside the Noom app. And my second go round with Noom, because no, one time just wasn't enough because I did end up gaining weight back. So I tried Noom a second time. And that's what I found is just life has gotten so busy with running multiple businesses that I just... I want to say couldn't be bothered to spend the time and that's on me. Mm -hmm. But the reality was something had to give. There was only so much I could, I guess, emotionally handle as far as Mm -hmm. how many expectations were on me every single day and the recording of all the food. It's really not that hard, but I just couldn't prioritize it again. It's on me. So now I'm looking at, well, how else am I going to do this? So, and, so would you say that about almost any possible diet or regimen or system anyone tries? That what you're talking about is kind of like the key. How much do we feel like being bothered with following the details? You know, if if I could just say the one that I loved mm-hmm. that was little effort on my part, no recording, no doing anything, and it's designed to be a permanent lifestyle choice. 
And it really appealed to me. And it's appealing to me right now as well. I'm really thinking maybe this is the way to go. It's intermittent fasting, but it's not the intermittent fasting that most people are talking about as far as, okay, I don't eat until, you know, after 10 a.m. and I'm done by 6 p.m., that kind of timing. It's designed um, that it's intermittent fasting two days a week to lose weight. And so for me, my days were Mondays and Thursdays. And on those days, you eat around 500 calories, which is not much. So you're not starving. You're not completely fasting from food. You are focusing on nutritionally rich vegetables and lean protein to make up that 500 calories. And I would usually do 600 because I do like to work out a lot. So five, 600 calories, two days a week. That's to get the weight off. And generally speaking, you start seeing results after two or three weeks. So you don't get that initial, oh, I starved for the first week and I dropped five or 10 pounds. You don't get that rush. It mm -hmm. takes a while. But methodically, just consistently, it really works. And what I love about it is you don't have to really record anything. You know, you, you pretty much can figure out what 500 calories is. It's not much, you know, a couple of eggs, maybe some tuna fish or something like that and some vegetables mm -hmm. and lots of water, lots of coffee and tea. And um, so you don't have to record anything and you pretty much eat how you want the rest of the time. And what I found was I was not overindulging or binging on food the other five days of the week. It just created, it kind of shifted a mindset in me, created a different attitude. Um, I wasn't focused on food so much. It helped change that mindset. And the way it's supposed to work long-term for permanent weight loss is once you lose the weight you want, you do the intermittent fast one day a week for the rest of your life. So Rita, would you say part of your success with the intermittent diet when it comes to the mindset is I don't have to do fruits and vegetables and lean proteins every day, forever and ever. I have to do it today. Yeah. And then um, I get to eat normal until I get to do my second day of the week. That's right. I can be a normal person. I don't have to think about food those other days. I don't have to be denying myself seven days a week for months or years to lose the weight I want to lose. If I want to go with friends to a happy hour or there's a birthday party, I don't have to worry about it and I can still lose weight. Isn't it funny how it's the worry that's the weight part? It's the weightiness of thinking about it all the time which I think is counterintuitive to developing a healthy relationship with food. That's one of my goals. I mean, here I am later in life. I want to stop this cycle once and for all. Like, mm -hmm. I don't want to look back when I'm 90 years old and go, wow, in my 50s and 60s and 70s, I regret all that time worrying about food. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. And then we even talked about how it plays into everything else about what we do. So for me, the way it kind of plays out as well is everything I do, of course, you have to get dressed to go and do that thing. And then you go in your closet 
And then you're frustrated because you can't just pick out whatever you want to wear and go. And then oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's never happened to me. <laughs> um, yeah. And, and then, you know, you tie that into finances at some point. Well, now I have to buy something because this occasion is coming up. Even though I have a closet full of clothes, I have storage bins full of clothes. I have everything I need for every possible occasion, except the right body size to get into it. So that's right. Money yeah. is a huge factor with all this, besides the fact that supplements, weight loss plans, yeah. um, and I don't begrudge anybody for charging a fee for a good program. There's nothing wrong with that. But the fact is we do end up spending money in order to have someone, you know, help us, whether it be a therapist or a program or software or whatever that might be. Um, so there's an added cost there. Yeah. But could you consider that cost preventative maintenance? Or investment, yeah. Yes, thank you. An investment um, that hedges against future healthcare costs if we're able to successfully, you know, avoid the onset of anything that is preventable because we're taking better care of like what we put into our bodies food wise. Yeah. So if that's, yeah, that's a really good point. Mm -hmm. If my kitchen just belonged to me, if I was the only person in my family, I was responsible for feeding. I would love to do the experiment to see what it would truly cost me to eat for the week. If all I bought was whole foods, mm -hmm. uh, whole, whole foods and lean proteins, right? So like, potatoes, yams, carrots, celery, onions, fruits, you know, chicken and turkey. I wonder how much my grocery bill would come in at if I didn't buy anything processed and I just bought healthy whole. And you didn't waste it. Oh, you just, you just <laughs> hit me where it hurts. Cause that is, that is my chore of shame. I do that early in the morning on grocery shopping days. And then mm -hmm. I take the trash out. Yes. Hmm. Oh, that just did a refrigerator dump last night. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Interesting about that, because we were talking earlier before we started recording today about what it really costs to eat healthy and properly. Mm -hmm. And so there, you know, we're talking, we want to maybe save money and we don't want to waste food because that's a waste of money. Um but we often hear almost everyone says in order to eat healthy, it's going to cost a lot of money. You know, that's fine. And there is some truth to that. Cheap food that has no nutrients, high sugar, high fat foods, high salt foods tend to be extremely inexpensive for the calories they produce. So shifting from buying food like that to better quality food will cost more. But on the flip side, this is what I've been thinking about the last few weeks as I've been grocery shopping, is how much money I'm wasting because I am purchasing food. And let's say I'm not wasting anything, but I'm eating it. I'm eating more than my body needs. That is a waste in itself. Mm -hmm. And this idea of, you know, don't throw it out because that's a waste. On the other hand, Eating food your body doesn't need is also a waste. You are taking food, putting it into your body. It is creating fat and reserves that you don't need. That is also a waste of food that could be used elsewhere, such as other people. 
other people that need that food. Right. It's just kind of an, an interesting, different perspective way of looking at it. And so along with what you're saying, Alyssa, what would it really cost? So what would it really cost to buy that healthy, nutritious food? The actual food you need to maintain your body. No extra, just what your body needs. I think we could actually all save a lot of money that way. And, and I think if we also look at the long-term, short-term part of it, um, relating back to what Alyssa said, short-term, what feels like cost, gives you long-term health um, care or health spending avoidance versus short-term fatty, um, you know, sugary foods eating now in turn gives you the long-term cost for healthcare and all those mm -hmm. other things. So if you probably wait them out, the, um, you know, kind of lifestyle that you have and all of that, what is it going to cost you to really invest in yourself right now so that you can have um, quality of life um, much better later on is a return on investment that I don't think you can argue with, except if, you know, you struggle with coming up with the initial short-term spending. Mm, that's a really good point because we all know any kind of disease or problems that come up later that are attributed to poor eating, obesity, things like that. And let's face it, we're in a very obese country. I mean, we all know it. Every, the whole world knows it, right? We all, for the most part, overconsume. Mm -hmm. um, the cost of all that care and medical later on in life is just astronomical. Yeah. And that small extra investment today can yield some big results. So I just wanted to throw out something else along with this whole idea of weight loss plans, um, just based on my many decades of trying things and the roller coaster effect of all this. I've always found it interesting that most weight loss, um, and this includes Noom and Weight Watchers, when you're losing weight, the focus is on trying to fill your stomach as much as possible with the lowest amount of calories. And so the idea is lots of stomach filling vegetables, drinking lots of water, things like that. Mm -hmm. And I've always thought, is it that I'm, it might make you feel better, but isn't it counterintuitive because it's still promoting the idea that you need to be very full all the time and you shouldn't feel hungry. And it sets yourself up for more failure later on after you've lost the weight because you're used to having something in your stomach often or eating more and filling your stomach more. Hmm. And so I read an interesting article this week about this idea um, when it comes to being green, environment and you know climate change that as Americans, not other cultures, but as Americans, this focus on lots and lots of vegetables that the cost to our climate for all of these farmed crops like broccoli and the lettuces and the greens they are extremely intensive as far as fertilizers and the use of water and irrigation hmm, really? so tremendous amount of resources are being put towards these low calorie low nutrient foods that fill us up because we're eating large volumes of them. We are consuming lots of food 
with the intent of, you know, yes, giving ourselves vitamins from the food, but also filling ourselves up so that we can have that feeling of satiety. So that we are full and satisfied um, versus coming up with this balance of the calories we need and the nutrients we need and less volume and less impact. So plant-based isn't necessarily always great. So, you know, it might just be the way my body works. But for me, I have taken very little comfort in filling up with, you know, large volume, low calorie foods because they leave me so hungry. I might walk away from the table going, oh my gosh, I'm stuffed. An hour later, my stomach is rumbling and my, you know, I'm the first person who will admit when I get hangry and I need a Snickers bar. I do not do well when I'm hungry. My blood sugar drops. I get shaky. I get irritable. Um, so for me, hunger is something to be avoided at all costs. And I'm one of the worst people when it comes to going, yes, I'm going to fill up on low volume foods because I buy it and then I don't eat it. Mm -hmm. So I'm like a double threat to the environment. Um, <laughs> so here's the way I'm going to try and solve that this year. There's a garden plot at the house that we just bought. And I'm thinking, Rita, that personal gardens, at least this is what I'm going to try, are going to be my solution to having something healthy on hand and only having what I need. When I grow a garden with my favorite vegetables, I will go out and I will pick what I want to eat when I am hungry and no more. I like that. Yeah. Yeah, around our community, they're doing a lot of plots, um, like greenhouse <laughs> spaces. Um, and our church actually participates um, and um, trying to get it off the ground where we have I couldn't even tell you how many different, how many spaces in the greenhouse free um, for families to claim a spot. That's and so, cool. so, yeah, hopefully this spring, I know we claimed the spot last year, but never had an opportunity to make it out there. So now it's making time mm -hmm. um, to get out there and, and do it. I told my husband and two daughters, I will absolutely support you. <laughs> I will drive you there. I will do all of that stuff. <laughs> nice yeah, I know I've, yeah i've seen a lot of those uh cropping up in different towns around yeah. here which is great absolutely so i feel like we could just have well yeah like i said 10 episodes about weight loss there's just so much to cover um so before we sign off just through this discussion is there anything that you want to either recommend or finish up with or what's your takeaway what are you going to try so it's been top of mind, <clears throat> um, like we talked about for me, and um, I'm going to try implementing things one at a time and not try to go from zero to 100, because whatever I do this upcoming time has to be a lifestyle change and not um, something that I try for um, to, to meet a weight goal. So I'll be um, having a milestone birthday in April, and I said I will not be a fat 50. Um, so <laughs> um, while I am still thinking through the details, I am definitely committing to, um, you know, eliminating one thing and adding one thing. So for me, it'll be eliminating soft drinks and then adding um, three 30-minute um, workouts a week. 
I'm not going to do anything strenuous. I'm not going to do anything to demotivate myself, but I am right now trying to develop habits <clears throat> so that I can take then take those habits to the next level. Mm. Awesome. Yeah, it's the it's. I'm gonna follow right on with that, Latrice, and say the one thing I find is really challenging with the new map, and I do like it because of all of the psychological hacks that I get. Um, but what I find challenging is there's too much to do all at once, which mm -hmm. is just for me. Um, other people might not find it hard, but for me, doing all of the things I'm supposed to do in one day on top of all the other things I need to do that aren't related to that in one day, it's too much. So I think um, what I will commit to is exposure therapy, stepping on the scale every day. That's one of the things recommended in the app. And if, if I don't do anything else but weigh myself every day, I'm going to count that as a win. Okay. Icing on the cake will be strength training three times a week. Mm. I like that a lot because it makes a difference when you're actually looking at that scale every day. When you kind of set it to the side and go, eh, not this week, that's when bad things start happening. <laughs> um, so I think, yeah, I like the idea of uh, weighing yourself every day. And actually, I started that over the last week or so, and it's been helpful. Um, and I know I've shared with you that one of my bad habits is eating while watching TV. Mm. So I need to just kill that habit. That's going to make an enormous difference. Uh, but I think after our discussion today and me extolling the virtues of intermittent fasting two days a week, uh, I think I'm going to seriously look at starting that again, because I can integrate that into the holidays, which are all coming up. I can mm -hmm. very easily do that while working my way through holiday dinners and family gatherings and parties um, yeah. and minimizing food stress. And I like the days of the week you chose because they're not usually days where there's activity Monday and Thursday it's after exactly. and before <laughs> yep and um you know if something comes up that is on a Thursday let's say a big function and I really need to do that and I want to be able to eat what I want to eat then I just move my fasting day to Wednesday nice and it works mm -hmm. okay so that's what I'm gonna that's what I'm committing to and uh I think next time our next episode that we record we'll have to check in and say how did we do? I think that's great. I was just going to throw it out there because we are coaches and part of coaching is accountability. And now we've just all made commitments to the three of us and anybody who listens, when should we do a look back? Should it be a week from now? Should it be a quarter from now? And let's go ahead and do a podcast about uh, what we've been doing on our commitments. Well, let's plan on that. Let's see if anybody has any input for us when they like to see us do that. But I think depending if uh, the response we get, let's at least, at least plan on some kind of follow-up uh, by the end of December. Let's give it a few weeks and see how we do. All right. Absolutely. You just heard it from uh, Rita Miller and Latrice Hopkins. We're going to give it a couple weeks and do a check back in. So um signing off from here money and mocha with the good life money coaches hope you guys enjoyed this episode and please tune in for the next one bye-bye see you later <laughs>